Welcome back to another edition of the Food Manufacture Podcast. I'm your host, Gwen Riddler, back again to open the discussion of some of the key topics in food and drink. Sadly, this week, I'm not here with my co-host, Beth and Grills, who, as I record, is still at Foodex, part of our UK food and drink shows, and returning for the first time in five years. For all of you eager to hear her regalia with stories of Mr. Marshmallow and Bear Grills, the cats, I do promise, I'm afraid you're a little out of luck this month. But we still have a bumper podcast for you, as we talk apprenticeships with up-and-coming new talent, and the people teaching the next generation of food and drink industry professionals. We start this month with an interview with Vincenzo Cisano and Jessica Kellaway, two talented butchery apprentices at ABP Beef in Guildford, and winners at this year's Meet and Worshipful Company of Butchers annual prize game. Hello, I'm Vincenza. Um, I'm 21 and I was an apprentice in, I finished last year, I think October. I'm a butcher. I don't know. I have, I have a, like two things I do on the daily, but it can change. I trim the LMCs and I trim the fillets. Um, yeah, I'm Jessica, I'm 22, I'm currently an apprentice, uh, I should be doing my EPA in about two weeks time, um, and then hopefully if I pass that then obviously I'll be qualified butcher as well. Um, at the moment I'm just sort of learning from like A to B in the bone hall, trying to learn as many jobs as possible, mm. and yeah, hopefully then when I'm finished I'll have a job on the line somewhere. What made you decide to go and take an apprenticeship as opposed to traditional education route? What, well, yeah, what's, what made you go for especially a food and drink apprenticeship over anything else? Um, well, I tried college and that was not for me. Um, and I needed to make money. So I got less and less shifts um, at my old job in Spoons. And it was just, it was not for me. So um, I feel like an apprenticeship is like the easiest way because you get money and also you can kind of prove yourself while doing it like a lesser load, if that makes sense. Mm. And obviously you get qualification after it. And then um, you also get like known in the company. So that also helps instead of just being a butcher where you're just you're just working and you're not really connecting with other people in the sense of like being in a group. I feel um so yeah I mean I sort of have a bit of experience with apprenticeships I did an apprenticeship I've sort of come out of school and gone from apprenticeship to apprenticeship really I used to work in childcare, so I done my level two um in nursery nursing so I'm kind of familiar with the apprenticeship sort of the way it works but I would say that the benefits of being on an apprenticeship is same sort of thing as like what Vincenza said. Um, you know, you sort of you're learning, but you're also getting paid to learn. And, you know, you're not just sort of like shoved into a job role and expected to know it. They sort of want to teach you the ins and outs of where you work. Um, and normally once you come out of an apprenticeship, there's a lot more I find anyway from just generally working compared to an apprenticeship you have more opportunities once you're qualified they sort of seen 
you start from not really knowing anything to learning quite a lot in you know sort of a one a year and a half that they sort of see you grow and so they are more inclined to offer you more opportunities so then I mean that's quite a, a shift in career I mean was there mm-hmm. a specific specific reason for that shift not really I mean I I worked in childcare for five years um and you know I loved the job but there's just no money in it really and not really a lot of progression and so I was just looking for jobs and I was on Indeed and I come from a farming background anyway both of my uncles are gamekeepers so I just sort of thought like why not you know and yeah, probably the best decision I ever made, to be honest. Good to hear. On your apprenticeship, what things have you learnt, uh, both from a sort of an industry point of view, but also sort of the transferable skills that you've picked up along the way? So I would say, obviously, from the industry's point of view, obviously, we've learned everything from start to finish inside the boning hall. So, you know, that's everything from boning which is more of what I told when I first started as a as a man's job because it's a bit more physical but you learn everything from that side of things all the way down to trimming and um, you know sort of breaking down the muscles into what they need to be you're also sort of learning the reasons behind why the industry do certain things Um, you know you're not just learning how to cut meat you're learning why the company does certain things, what they put out into the environment, um, all of that sort of thing. And I would say things that I just use, that the apprenticeship has taught me that I just use generally now is I've always been sort of good at working in a team, but where we work currently, there's quite a lot of different cultures and We have about 14 different countries that work here at the moment. Hmm. Um, So we're quite diverse. And so you have to learn how to work with everybody, even though they might have a different culture, different background. They might work completely differently to you in terms of, you know, I can be quite bubbly and some people, you know, they just want to come in and work and go home quite stone faced. But it's just learning how to be around those different types of people and how to work as a team. I would also say my confidence has gone a lot higher since I've been working here, just because they sort of push you out your comfort zone a little bit. And so that just generally helps with your confidence in day-to-day life, I'd say. Anything you'd like to add to the event that, Vinny? Yeah, like, I feel like my confidence has gone up quite a bit, because kind of, you start from the big, like, start from the bottom. And I don't know, you kind of can... You work more with a bo- with your boss instead of other people. It's more like the supervisors and everyone. But when you're kind of like a training person, everyone talks to you, you know, and you help everyone. You get to move around a lot more, except if, like, let's say if you were just a trainee butcher, you're kind of just put onto two different jobs. And, like, you're just kind of set to learn those jobs until you finished getting good at it and then you move on whereas like the apprenticeship we kind of um get to learn everything and literally anything so obviously you know you're both at near the end point or have gone past your end point of being an apprentice uh with abp so could you sort of talk about your most 
uh, so if your your greatest achievements whilst uh, being an apprentice or things that you remember most fondly or the highlights the high points of being an apprentice um i finished last year october i think mm. and for my practical i got passed with excellence and i was very proud and chuffed with myself yeah and i was the only one and i was the only girl that was a good achievement and also like i made quite a good quite a good amount of friends but they've all left so (laughs) (laughs) it's a bit it's a bit sad yeah like i've i've become very um known to do my job as well i'm like one of two people that can do um the fillets um by themselves and keep up so i'm pretty proud of that as well um i won a um institute of meat award for the best apprentice showing showing management potential potential in a manufacturing environment um and i got my award on like i think it was the 27th of february yeah, and Jess got one too for the best apprentice, like as the same award as me, the same ceremony. So, I mean, that's as good as enough a segue to ask the same question to you, Jess. Yeah, um, definitely. That was one of the uh, high moments. It was quite nice that me and Vincenza went together as well. But yeah, it was definitely one of the high moments. You know, it was kind of nice to get recognised for some of the stuff you do. And I also last year went to the Women in Meat Awards. Um, I was a finalist in that as well. So um, I would say it, currently they're the two moments that I've been pretty proud of so far. No, definitely, definitely things to be proud of. Congratulations for that as well. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, obviously you've done very well for both of yourselves during your times, but is there anything that you would have done differently? I, I kind of came at a bad time, this is Vincenza, I kind of came at a bad time because I came basically just after lockdown, so I was pushed onto the line, and I didn't really get to learn much of the apprenticeship as, like, Jess's year has, but, like, at the same time, like, I have learned, I have learned to be more fast. adamant in a way, yeah, and fast for, like, my pay and, like, knowing what I can do and everything. Um, because I was kind of just like they needed me um, on the main line daily so and I didn't really have much of a choice so but it set me up for a good pay when I finished so that's good but other than that not really maybe learn more um, about the other side of the production because I was kind of always in the boning hall um, I didn't really have much time for college work and we didn't go to the college very often because of COVID. So mm. that was a bit other than that. It's been all right. And any regrets for you, Jess? Uh, I wouldn't really say regrets. Our year was completely different to Mission Chen's this year because we were just sort of coming out of COVID and obviously they learned from their mistakes with the first group um, and sort of changed them and adapted them so that we didn't end up being in the same position. Um, I'm not saying that their year was terrible compared to ours, but, you know, we've had a lot more time to be out doing our college work. Um, You know, we've not sort of been pushed onto the line too fast. So I wouldn't really say 
regrets on my behalf I would say same sort of thing as Vincenza in terms of like we didn't really get to go to the college as much as we would have wanted to um, because obviously at Guildford AVP we're only beef and obviously we get the qualification to say we're a butcher but we've only really done other species once or twice mm-hmm. um, and although they're the same the same muscles the same sort of bone and stuff like that it is quite different when you try and butcher a different animal um Mm. so I'd say yeah that's the only sort of thing that I wish was a little bit different just to be able to have that college time of like actually going to the college a bit more uh so what advice would you give young people looking to get into uh both you sort of the same industry as you or just in food and drink in general I'd say push yourself don't kind of let anyone I don't know come before you in a way and with this kind of job it's kind of it's quite competitive in in not in the salary well kind of because there's only a certain amount people can get depending on their skill and everything and you can't really practice outside of work so I'd say try your hardest and and connect with other people kind of like other people are more your resources to get somewhere in the sense of the higher up kind of make connections and then that will build you onto someone else and get you further in a way. Yeah. Any advice from you, Jess? Um, my advice would be just like go in head first, especially in the butchery industry. There's not actually, it's quite a male dominant industry. And that can be quite off-putting to some women. Quite intimidating when you first walk in. But actually, I would say especially me and Vincenza have kind of come in and shocked a couple of people at what we can do. Like, Because I think they've been quite used to, for a while, the men only being able to do the really physical stuff. Um, And so for us to come in and sort of prove them wrong, I think... Yes, some people were definitely a bit shocked, but um, yeah, just, you know, throw yourself at it. Because I was a bit, um, when I applied for the butchery job, obviously it's something completely different to childcare, obviously. And I was a bit apprehensive, but I just sort of thought, well, got to give it your all. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. But if it is, then you could have made the best decision at of your life really and yeah it seems to have worked for me yeah just throw yourself at it head first is what I would say excellent advice uh so I guess really what's next for you well yeah uh obviously you know coming to the end of your apprenticeship and already sort of cleared it I mean what are the next steps where you going to still stay with ABP going forwards or you know what's your career look like going from here yeah I think I'll definitely stay with ABP for now for a few years I'm not sure what direction I would want to go, though. I've kind of progressed in my work physically. I can kind of do everything that is available, I'd say. Yeah, I don't really know. I'm sort of figuring that out. But where could you see yourself? Like? Supervisor? Yeah, kind of. If, Line leader? If, yeah, I, I'd, yeah, I'd go for more of like a management role in the sense of this company. But however long that takes, is it really up to me? Just kind of wait and see. And same to you as well, Jess? Um, yeah, 
I would say I see myself in some type of management role. You know, I've sort of made it quite clear to my boss that that's where I see myself in some sort. Because at the moment, all of the people that are in the higher up jobs in terms of supervisors, managers, they're all males. Hmm. Um, So I think it would be quite nice if there would be some female managers or female supervisors just sort of popped around because especially if we're trying to promote that we want females to work here as well as men, it would be quite nice if when those females come in, they can see other females females in higher up positions just to show that there's like progression for females in the industry. So yeah, definitely some sort of supervisor management role in the next sort of five years. We'll, we'll be keeping tabs of your uh, progression <laughs> and we expect great things. <laughs> I hope so. Well, thank you both very, very much. And it was great speaking to both of you. And once again, you know, I wish you all the best uh, in no, your future. Thank, thank, thank you very you. much. As we all know, the food and drink industry is screaming out for more skilled talent to join its ranks, and it's great to see the next generation shining brightly with the likes of Jessica and Vinny. It's also great to hear about some strong female representation, especially in a corner of the industry that is traditionally so male-dominated. It's my hope that this is a sign of things to come across the whole food and drink industry. However, it was a little disappointing to hear that the pair couldn't really get the access to college as they would have liked. But the fact that their skills were in such high demand on the shop floor as soon as possible was a testament to the need of new blood, especially in the meat sector. No pun intended. Speaking of educators, next up we have Dan Coulson and Anthony Gaston from Plumpton College who discuss the services they offer and we ask the question, is there enough being done to entice the next generation of food and drink professionals into apprenticeships? What is it that uh, is being looked for at the moment from a food and drink apprentice? Uh, What skills are you teaching and what do they need to know um, to survive in the modern day food factory? Okay, well, I mean, I think obviously they're they're looking for the core skills like any other apprenticeship always has done. So they build uh, the the skills necessary to become a worthwhile member of the the, uh, workforce. But I think these days they're also looking for uh, people to come with a much better idea around commercialism. So they're looking for us to be able to give them exposure to other parts of the industry, um, to expose them to parts that perhaps their own workplace doesn't uh, necessarily cover because no workplace will cover everything within their industry. I always use the example of a bakery. You know, there are no two bakeries that are the same and that have the same offering and that will do everything. There, there is no bakery that covers everything in bakery. It's just not possible. So um, it's important for us to be able to fill in the blanks, um, but also that we uh, develop them in a way that they in, 
understand what it is that builds that commercialism of a bakery so that we expose them to things like profit and loss costings marketing opportunities understanding the customer and the customer expectations giving the customer that consistency that they're going to be after it so that they buy the same product every time new product development well they can't really do new product development unless they really understand target markets so um, you could develop the most fantastic product in the world but if you don't know who you're going to sell it to there's just no point so um, understanding the, the target market of both the bakery that you're working in and perhaps the bakery that you might want to have or own yourself in the future they're kind of the things that the employers are asking for but they're also asking for some sort of versatility around that person the ability to adapt to uh, any part of their business and that they build that resilience to listen to the customer base that they have i'd very much like to to add to that um communication uh, and communication techniques is is something that is always being asked for and um is embedded into that learning program um in addition to that you know food safety uh, so hazard uh, hasap so hazard analysis critical control points uh, very early on and the understanding of good manufacturing practice um along the lines of also the importance of health and safety at work and uh, and ensuring that that consistent standard operating procedures are followed and understood and the reasoning behind following those processes I think is uh, something that we hear very regularly that consistency in process uh, to ensure that uh, the quality of product is is as high as it can be quality assurance as well and, and recognizing early on if, if something isn't quite right uh, particularly we find for those new entrants as well who are coming into quite often into a sector uh, in an environment that they might not necessarily have experienced before and, and really understanding what their responsibility in the whole process of, of that, that quite often single product manufacturing journey is we also uh, look at that personal continuous improvement techniques as well um, and and documentation and the importance of documentation quite often we work with businesses that operate shift patterns and, and that continuous production cycle uh, and the importance to that original point around communications um, just making sure that there's a there's a suitable handover uh, which then feeds into team working it's it's very much the the, the full spectrum of being, being a good employee within those sectors which we see and more and more we're seeing environmental and sustainability practices being taught and being requested um, something as a college sustainability is, is very much in the core of all programs that we deliver even those that don't necessarily have that as part of their core subject areas and we are finding that the additionality of, of that sustainability and understanding around waste reduction and waste streams and recycling and types of pollution, etc. And whether that's noise, smells, spills, waste, whatever that may be, we're finding a lot of businesses really, um, really embracing that side of the learning experience. So an example where we might have ABP meet um, who uh, have a very uh, lean process um, in which they follow, um, you know, working very closely with them around their environmental and sustainability practices, uh, minimizing a waste, 
to enhance products that they have and also making the apprentices really take on board their responsibility in those practices ultimately um, provides a better profit for the business minimizes waste but it's the right thing to do um, you know that, that's what we all want to do whether it's a, a profitable uh, enterprise or not it, it's it, it morally it's the right thing to do now on the topic of the promotion of apprenticeships one do you feel in general that enough is being done obviously outside of yourselves uh, i wouldn't have thought that you'd ever not want to promote your own British apprenticeships obviously but for you know outside bodies such as the government and even the food industry itself uh, do you think these sort of places are doing enough to promote uh, apprenticeships as a career choice what steps do you think could be done to better promote um, just careers in food and drink in general and in what ways is Plumpton working to uh, embrace food and drink apprenticeships food and drink careers and training and yeah make it more prominent out there in the world to younger people so we are regularly running um, taster days both for year 10s and 11s from school we are also running taster days from the job center we are increasing all the time our employer engagement with the wider employer community we are running round tables here in the southeast for both butchery and bakery we are trying to promote from the schools all the way through to mature students because uh, there's a lot of people that are now looking to change career there's a as i understand it from the job center the the biggest area is people over 50 now uh, who are looking for a career to go in to finish their working life. And bakery and butchery are both so, so short of qualified people that you know, we need to bring some lifeblood into the And having people from different age groups within a cohort of an apprenticeship is really valuable because you have life skills from uh, people's past experiences that can be applied to the behaviours that we instil in our students throughout their course. So I think a lot has been done from both an educational standpoint and a business standpoint in terms of raising awareness of apprenticeships. Um, apprenticeships have changed um, significantly over the last four or five years and not least since the introduction of the apprenticeship levy uh, businesses have recognized that actually there is this uh, means available to them in which they can upskill existing staff and they can equally attract new staff new entrants into their business by utilizing uh, their apprenticeship levy to build and customize around a framework that has been designed by the industry uh, a way of bringing people into their organization or, or, or taking them further into the next steps in their career uh, and so I believe that there's been a huge increase in awareness of apprenticeships but I still believe there's a lot more that can be done uh, and demystifying apprenticeships 
is is incredibly important and quite often it's the career guidance leads whether it's in schools whether it's the parents um, that uh, require the most most advice and guidance around the benefits of uh, of an apprenticeship program as a viable pathway other than traditional routes um, via university for example uh, and apprenticeships provide that really supportive step first few steps uh, into a career um, but equally it allows people uh, to take those next steps in their career to a much higher level of learning that might not necessarily have been available to them previously but I'd still believe a lot more can be done we see um, organizations really embracing apprenticeships and and, and not least um, the National Apprenticeship Week, um, which happens in February, roughly in February time every year, really brings apprenticeships to a national scale and a lot of work is done around that. We see industries recognising trainees and apprentices uh, in awards uh, and, and that recognition only helps to promote uh, that medium of learning much much further. Uh, as, a, as a business, we, we are always working with with other businesses to identify ways in which we can just promote them as as an organization and demystify what they do because quite often i think there is there are certain perceptions of of uh, food manufacturing uh, and the type of industry very similar to uh, to land-based sectors that we, we work with other land-based sectors whether it's agriculture or horticulture for example uh, and so we do a lot of work working in partnership with those businesses whether that is pushing our apprentices to enter into awards and supporting them to showcase their skills so uh, we, we have been fortunate that a number of businesses that we work with really recognize the importance of uh, of giving those uh, that platform for their employees to showcase their skills, whether that's at Institute of Meat Awards, where there has been uh, a number of our, our partners who've had success with their apprentices, uh, that only helps to promote uh, apprenticeships as, as this vehicle for 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 career progression. Uh, equally collaborating with uh, charities, so we work very closely um, with a charity called Table Talk who work within the Royal Academy of Culinary Arts adopt a, a school platform. So what they do is they uh, as as Anthony mentioned, they go they go into schools and they bring schools to to us where they get a full field fork experience, uh, get an opportunity to uh, find out more about food and drink and, uh, and and the production side and the careers that are within them to try and demystify the sectors. We host events, roundtable events for the industry to come together and share best practice, sponsorship. Um, we, there's lots of different things that we do as an organization, but very much the, the businesses are also embracing and understanding the need to, to really showcase what they do. And uh, what we find is those that really embrace apprenticeships and, and really um, put, uh, embed them within their organization, they see real, uh, real great results on the back of doing so. Um, uh, whether that is bringing a more diverse, motivated and loyal workforce through you know that investment in time in allowing people to develop those skills they they see at the uh, at the other end. Anthony, questions quite specifically to you. Obviously, mentioned before they have a history within the food and drink industry. So I was just wondering if you could comment at all on the development of apprenticeships during your time with the industry. How 
things may have been towards the start of your career to where they are now, how things have changed over the years and how they've developed? I, th- I think apprenticeships over my time, they lost their way for a while. Uh, I think they got dumbed down. Um, I think when we went through the MVQ era, I think um, they weren't really delivering. They were almost a tick box exercise. They weren't really delivering what employers wanted. And I think when we changed from framework apprenticeships to standards, I think that changed dramatically. Um, And standards, I mean, industry were a lot more involved in the development of the programmes. I think um, it started to deliver more and more what industry wanted. And I think where they're now constantly revisiting those standards, I think it's it's getting better and better all the time. And my experience is that actually full-time courses, although they provide an awful lot of theory and awful lot of knowledge, um, and I was a full-time student myself, so, but I think in a lot of cases, it doesn't produce people that are industry ready. It's an unrealistic, the practical side of those programmes is an unrealistic representation of what actually goes on in industry. Um, and I think what apprenticeships really benefit from is that you've got that, you're in the industry. So you've got that realism from day one, but as um, a provider, of apprenticeships what we can provide is all those gaps and bits that are missing um, from any one individual business Um, and we can break stuff down i mean just to take an example from the bakery world you know there isn't a bakery out there now that doesn't use machinery to produce their goods because they wouldn't be able to provide the volumes that they need to produce if they didn't But if you're going to, taking back one of Dan's points from earlier on when he was talking about quality assurance, to be really good at quality assurance, you need to be able to problem solve. And problem solving, you're only going to be any good at that if you really understand what happens when something is in a mixer. So what we have the opportunity to do is to break that down for the apprentices, um, have them build stuff by hand so they really understand what's going on it makes them far better at problem solving so i think apprenticeships are an all-round great proposition now i think um they get the opportunity to earn why they learn and they get a realistic aspect of what the industry is going to be and what the industry is going to expect from them and i think employers get someone who's industry ready and certainly most of our apprentices once they've been doing it for sort of nine months to a year, um, they become valuable members of the team and really essential to the team going forward. And most of them stay with those businesses when they finish, it's certainly initially, because they are integral to that running of that business. And I suppose then to sort of round things out, um, what lies in the future for apprenticeships, both on a sort of grand scale, you know, where do you, what do you think the next step's going to be? But also, you know, Plumpton, you know, what are you uh, planning for next? What can we expect to see from you? I think greater progression routes. So more scaffolding of, so, you know, not just a level two, but going on to a level three, perhaps a 
level four or five even and building in the aspects of actually that would suit people as they go up a bakery business or potentially own their own um i think that's where i think the it should head i think continually continuing to interact with industry to as industry trends and needs change that we're reactive to that i think that's important from plumpton's perspective um continuing to grow our field to fork i think is vital i think uh you know people are so much more aware now of where their food comes from that if we're working in the industry we really need to be on top of that uh yeah very much so i mean Plunt- plumpton college um uh, you know and our, and our our new strategic plan food very much sits uh, very much within that uh, plan as a key priority area we have invested a significant amount of money in uh, capital projects uh, which completed this uh, most recently with the opening of our agri food center here uh, at, at plumpton so in addition to our recently opened butchery processing for training facility that we have on site we now have a, a bakery um, training center as well Field Fork is, is very much the mantra in terms of the learning experience to give that full picture of um, of, uh, of that learning experience within that, that headline uh, of food. We are growing uh, the reach in which we can uh, support businesses. So we now work with a range of businesses, not only just in the southeast, but nationally as well. Uh, and so, you know, from from our perspective, that's very much central in our plans and and our growth plans. And um, we've invested heavily to ensure that we can meet demand, not just locally but nationally as well. Uh, in terms of apprenticeships as a whole, uh, you know, I can only see it continue to grow uh, and become um, m- more of a known option and and uh, a, a level of progression that is on par um, with with going to university, the cost of going to university has uh, meant that a lot of people now are considering their options moving forward when they leave education. Um, and I think apprenticeships are uh, continue to grow and, and, and be that viable pathway to their chosen career. Uh, businesses very much embracing apprenticeships, um, not just those that are paying the apprenticeship levy, but recognising uh, the diversity um, of those that they can bring into their business and embedding them centrally within their their plans and their staffing plans. Not many people know that apprenticeships start at level two and can go all the way up to level seven. And so, yes, we are seeing uh, businesses uh, embedding them across all areas of their organisation from entry, entry level and right up all the way. And, you know, we, we um, are pleased to be able to support businesses to really um, identify how apprenticeships can work for them. Uh, we do a lot of skills mapping for businesses, um, looking at their full workforce plan that they have and identifying what the most appropriate programs are for them and so they can really embed them and and give people that might not necessarily have had the opportunity to progress in their um, skills knowledge and behavior development from a from an educational point of view can really find a way of 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 enhancing their career prospects through um, undertaking an apprenticeship program 
that they they are constantly being reviewed and evolved as as Anthony says um, they are employer driven in terms of their content and that can only be a positive and we have seen significant growth in our apprenticeship programs with the volume of apprentices that are receiving their training uh, by the college and I, I believe that will only continue to grow in the future. There is a staffing crisis in this country and growing your own via an apprenticeship scheme is very much a solution to some of the problems that people are finding where from a traditional workforce that might not necessarily be available to them now. Following on from that, because Dan's absolutely right, but I think apprenticeships, if if you went back to pre-my time, apprenticeships were quite valued. I think then apprenticeships after that, they were seen as sort of a lower form of education. Mm. And now I think that is definitely changing. And I think it's important that that change does occur, that people do realise that, as Dan said, it, it is another option to a university. It's not it's not a lesser version. Mm-hmm. Um, it's playing on a different skill set, but it's still as valuable. Well, I, I think um, one thing that's really worth highlighting, you know, apprenticeships, they can buy workplace training and study with a real value added role in a business. It's debt free from the point of the individual. So whether that someone is looking to get into a career or someone is already working within an organization as looking to progress further, I would say um, go and ask the business that you're working for whether you can have an opportunity to develop skills further via an apprenticeship scheme. If you are a business and you've never uh, you haven't looked at apprenticeships uh, within the organization, I would highly suggest taking the uh, the time to build your knowledge about how apprenticeships can really uh, benefit uh, the organization from a talent planning point of view, but also a cost-effective way of upskilling your workforce. Plumpton College work with such a range of employers, whether they're micro-businesses or large multi-site nationals, in identifying ways in which apprenticeships can help their business prosperity. Uh, And it's really rewarding when you see an organization who hasn't necessarily worked with apprenticeships on a large scale, um, really committing to the process and then seeing the benefits of it and and, and ultimately uh, seeing their apprentices getting re- recognition on a national scale. And, and when you hear the, the, the improvements that they bring, not only to um, um, staff retention, but also the 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 behaviours within an organisation and 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 how how um, they become an integral part of the workforce. You know, it, it, it's a really rewarding thing, and I I would I'd appeal to every business if they haven't got apprentices in their organisation that they they look closely as as this way of um, uh, of bringing on new talent and upskilling existing staff. Yeah, that that's really important to highlight. It's also a good way of adding equality and diversity to your workforce because it attracts people from all walks of life, all genders, all uh, ethnic groups, all age groups. The oldest apprentice we had was 63, the youngest obviously 16. So, you know, there's a vast, vast difference there and it's um it, it can only add diversity to your workforce and i think that's really important too anthony dan thank you very much once again and i look forward to hearing uh, more about plumpton and obviously your award-winning apprentices that come out from you uh, in the near future when thank you very much thank you very much
is so much work is being put into training apprentices, especially when that work is being done to provide more opportunities for young people to discover a career in food and drink. Now, speaking from personal experience, apprenticeships were always seen as the easy way out, or the route you take when you have no other option left, if you couldn't get into a university, for example. In essence, it was either go get a job flipping burgers, or take an apprenticeship. Nowadays, it's clear that this is a route that can lead to a genuine success and ultimately a fulfilling career. It's just a shame that more wasn't done sooner to really make something of it. I guess the apprenticeship levy has played a major part in making apprenticeships more desirable, but there's still a lot of discourse surrounding the levy and how it's funded. Well, that's all we have time for this month, but thank you once again for joining me, and I hope to see you again for the next Food Manufacturer podcast. Oh,